number small, but God is real. Amen? And God is big, and he never changes. So pastor sent me word yesterday, pray for little Isla. She's got the stomach bug. And then not long after that, he sent me another message. He said, pray for me. I think I've got the stomach bug. So he says, if I'm feeling like I am right now, I probably won't be there tomorrow night. So uh, I sent Shelby a text this morning to check on him. She said, so far, her and Riley have avoided it as of this morning. But apparently, little Al and Josh had it pretty rough. So remember them. Lift them up in your prayers. And uh, uh, that's tough, boy. Some of y'all know firsthand, right? And, uh, uh, man, that's, that's some bad business right there. But, uh, but God is in control. And uh, he knows what he's doing. And we don't always understand it. But uh, he's, he's got a plan, and he's working it all out. And it's a big picture. And we just see just a little bitty bit of it, you know. And uh, we wonder sometimes why we go through things, why other people go. Good people. Why does it happen to good people, you know? But, but God is working, and he's molding, and he's shaping, and he's directing and, uh, hey, he promises us that if we love him and we're called according to his purpose, it's working out for the good. And it's, it's hard to imagine that when we're going through it, but, but we know that it is. Amen. And uh, so a, a lot of people need prayer. Uh, remember the Hammett family. They're, they're going through a trying time, as everybody's aware, I'm sure. And uh, keep them in your prayers. And. God will, God will help them and direct them and guide them in, uh, in the coming days. And then there are many others who need prayer as well. Uh, probably the person sitting right beside you needs prayer. You know what? And, and the one behind you or beside you in front of you need prayer. So we need to pray for one another each and every day. Uh but as when Josh Josh called me, now I didn't think of this because Josh called me, but but Jeremy, the thought hit me. You, you know what I hate? You know, I mean, it just drives me crazy. Drives me nuts, man. Scrunching windshield wipers. <laughs> drives me crazy, huh? Amen, amen. I got an amen right there, huh? Drives you crazy, don't it? Yeah, oh, mercy, no. That's kind of like the chalkboard thing, you know. Drives you crazy. But you know what else it does? It motivates you to go get another windshield wiper plate, don't it? Till it quits raining. There you go. It thing's $40 a piece now <laughs> for a windshield wiper blade. But it motivates you to go get a windshield wiper blade. Uh, I had bought some fairly new ones, and, and, and they were doing good. And then all of a sudden, when it just barely rained, you know, just kind of misty, and that thing goes, crunch, 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 drives me crazy. So I got motivated, Don, and I went and got another one. And so it just barely rained this weekend, and that thing went, you know, little Betsy goes, you know, just as smooth. But I was motivated. 
A lot of things in life motivate us. Amen? Uh, fear is a motivator. Fear of being hurt or fear of our child being hurt or fear of our grandchild being hurt or sick. I'd much rather be sick than my daughter to be sick. Hmm? If you got children, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you got grandchildren, you know what I'm talking about. Man, I'd whole lot rather be sick as to see my young ones or grandchildren sick or any little one for that matter. I was looking at little Callie over here a while ago, and I told Jeremy, I said, well, they're growing fast, ain't they? Man, I remember when little Jeremy was over here about that size. Hadn't been that long ago. And now look at him. He's been eating beans and taters or something, man. But, but we're motivated by things. We're motivated by fear. And we're motivated by things that bother us, that, that drive us crazy. What else are we motivated by in life? Somebody give me one. Come on, help me out. We're a small crowd. You can help me tonight. What motivates you? Nobody's motivated. Boy, nobody's motivated. <laughs> now you're getting personal now, Scotty. Come on, man. Uh, man. <laughs> That's a fact, though, ain't it? It's a fact. Amen? It does. It does. And it, and it slips away quickly. I think it's getting faster. Uh, but what motivates you? Yay, there you go, an excited homeowner. That is motivating, isn't it, Sean? Huh? <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> well, it can motivate you this way or that way, can it? <laughs> I know, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. What else motivates people? What's today? Hello, somebody, Christmas, Don's a little behind in times, or ahead of times, one or the other, bills, yes sir, that's what makes you get up in the morning at 5.30 and go with Chad and talk about work all the way there and then work all day and then talk about work coming home, don't we, bills, family motivates you, amen, absolutely, uh, uh, I don't have my billfold left in the car. Money motivates people, doesn't it? Huh? We got to have it, don't we? We got to have money to get by. I mean, you go down at Ingalls and talk to Bob, he ain't going to say, well, just get what you need. You know, well, that just don't work that way. Mo money motivates people. Love motivates people. Think about how the love of God motivates people. Hmm? That motivates me to, to want to do stuff, and sometimes I actually carry through with it, you know? And, and he, he, he gives us that desire, don't he? Uh, I've, told, I've shared with many people here lately uh, about when I was a little bitty boy, and, and I don't want to give it all away, but I'm going to give it all away anyway. When I was a little bitty boy, we had a 1962 Chevrolet Nova station wagon, Don. And I was so six, seven years old. And my mama and my daddy and me and my Uncle Bergen and his wife, Nina, and Rita, their daughter, their youngest daughter, went to town to Hendersonville High School for a gospel music concert. 
the Lewis family was in town. The Lewis family. But opening up for the Lewis family was a little group called the Glen Camp family. Anybody remember that? And the Davis family, Glen Camp and Davis family. And, and as they opened up, Glen Camp played the piano. Anybody remember that? And he had a lick that I liked. And it stuck with me. And Jeremy, it motivated me. And I remember that night we, we took Uncle Bergen and Nina and Rita in our little 1962 Carolina Blue Chevy Nova station wagon. We took them to their house, and we dropped them off, and as we were leaving, we came down Rosebud Lane. There's a movie about that. Look it up sometime. Rosebud Lane, which is where my Uncle Bergen lived at before he went to heaven. He now lives in heaven. Uh, Rosebud Lane. But if you used to, when he was alive, you'd go down that road and you'd see one of the prettiest gardens in the world, I promise you. Not a weed in it. Nice. He grew some cabbages that, wow, huge. Uncle Burke. But as we drove down Rosebud Lane and we came almost to the end of it, I remember standing there. Some of you, well, probably y'all remember. Y'all are old enough, I guess. There was a little hump in the back floorboard between each side. And I remember this particular night on Rosebud Lane, standing on that hump with my arms up on the seat like this. Now, that was kind of against the law probably right now, right? Better be in your car seat, amen? But I remember standing there and having my elbows up on that back of the seat, and I said, Mama, I said, I think I want to learn how to play piano. And she looked at me and she said, you sure about that? I said, yep, I think I am. Why? Because I had been motivated. Have you been motivated for anything? I had been motivated. But see, when I told her that, Mama meant business. So about a week later when I got home, there's a big piano sitting in my living room. She said, you're going to learn how to play the piano, big boy. Now, I'm thankful she did, and I'm thankful for the way that she pushed me and drove me to play the piano. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, and I thank God for, for helping me to learn a little bit about it. But I was motivated that night by Glenn Kent. He had that little Floyd Kramer lick that everybody likes, you know. And I thought, man, man, I want to do that. It's just, it, just, it just got in me, Jeremy. Kind of the way Jesus does when he gets in your heart. He motivates you to be a different person. He motivates you to want to let that light shine. Amen? He motivates you to smile at people occasionally. Can y'all smile for me? There you go. That's good. That's good. I like it. He motivates us to be an encouragement. Josh Prince often says, you know how to tell if somebody needs encouragement? When they're breathing, right? He motivates us to try to be an encouragement to those around us, to 
to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family, to motivate people, to help people, to encourage people. Boy, they some people needs encouragement, ain't they? Amen. All around the Tuxedo community, Henderson County, Saluda, Polk County, there's people that we come into contact with every day that need a little encouragement, a little motivation. I walked through Lowe's today, and I walked back by, and there was, there was a guy came by, and I said, hey, how you doing? And I happened to glance over, and there was a fellow standing at the register, and he was doing something, and he smiled. And I took a few more steps, and I came back to him, and I took a piece of my candy, and I laid it on his desk, and I said, you know, it's good to walk through somewhere and see somebody smile. And then he really smiled. Little things that we can do to help people along this rough, rough road. Uh, turn in your Bible, if you would, to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter number 10. Boy, it's written in red, so it's got to be some of my favorite scripture. You know that, right? Amen. If it's written in red, that means that who spoke it? Jesus spoke it. Well, they just don't get any better than that now, do they? Huh? He is the best. He's the one it's all about anyway. Matthew chapter number 10. And I want to start with one little verse. But uh, I looked it up in my old Bible, Jeremy. You know how I am about writing in Bibles. And, and and this verse came to my heart this morning. And and I looked it up, and on January the 7th, 1994, at about 1.35 a.m. in the morning, I read this verse, number 27. It said this, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light. And the lights went out. I mean, it was pitch black, dark. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> whoa, it's snowing outside, it's calm, it's peaceful. And I just sat there for a while and meditated. Man, it was good, let me tell you, it was good. What, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Now that's Jesus talking. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. The, the 12 guys that were the closest to him while he walked here on earth. And if you ever need to remember, somebody comes up and says, What was the 12 disciples' names? Matthew 10, verse number 2. What's 10 and 2? Man, I know y'all didn't miss that day in school, did you? Ten and two is what? All right. What's Matthew chapter 10, verse number two? It gives you their names right there, see? Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labius whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So there's your 12 disciples. Somebody ever ask you, what's their name? Uh, look at that, 10-2, 10-2, Matthew 10-2, okay? 
It'll help you one of these days, I'm telling you. Little stuff like that. But, but as you read on down, and Jesus is talking to these people that are the closest to him while he's walking on earth. And let's, for, for sake of time, let's drop down to verse number 16. Uh, he's, he's talking to them, and he's telling them what's getting ready to happen. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but... Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye, the twelve disciples, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Amen. Jesus talking to his 12 apostles. A lot of times we read through scripture like this. I do. I shouldn't say we, but I do. And if I'm not careful, I'll, 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 I'll scan it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to read through. Why are we in such a hurry? Sometimes God will turn the lights out on you. And he'll say, now sit down and let's talk about this here for a minute. Let's think about this. Let's meditate about this. Uh, think about what you just read here. Uh, have you ever talked to somebody and, and they're sitting there going, oh, yep, 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 and you know they're not hearing a word you're saying? Hmm? Anybody else ever done that? Huh? Sure we have. Absolutely. I was in I was in Ingalls, I think it was yesterday. No, it was in Lowe's again. I'm sorry. I spent a lot of time at Lowe's. You know that. 
But anyway, I was in Lowe's and, and the fellow in front of me. He had gotten up to the cash register and the guy was, and his phone rang. And he got his phone and he was looking at his phone and the guy's trying to talk to him. And he's more, you know, he's more worried about what's on his phone than he was what the cash, what the cashier was doing. And so finally you could tell he was in a hurry. He wanted to get outside and get this call. So I thought, man, I hope I can do better than that. Well, I got up to him. Guess what happened? My phone rung. <laughs> so I thought about what had just happened, and I let it ring, Jeremy. Uh, but don't we do Jesus that way sometimes? Uh, don't we, don't we, you know, we're listening, but we ain't listening. You know what I'm saying? We hear him, but we don't hear him. We know what he means. I have been amazed recently how, as, as I've been studying through my Bible and looking at stuff, the things that man has put into the story that's not really there. Hmm? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Now, here's one that's going to get you. Uh, and I shared part of it with you, I guess, back at Christmas time about the manger and the innkeeper. Remember? There's one little line there. Let me read it so I don't get it wrong. Luke chapter 2. And I got a new Bible, so it takes me a minute to get there. But the stuff that we have. The stuff that man, and it's not bad, it's not bad. I'm not saying that at all. There's a little verse. Verse number 7 of Luke chapter 2. Now this is way off base, but it ain't way off base. The Bible says this, And she, of course, being talking about Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, which is Jesus, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Read that next little line. Because there was no room in the inn. Now, boy, now, you think about it. There's been a lot of adding to the Bible because of that one little line right there. Uh, we, we, and and I, again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying, but you think of the stuff. Nowhere in here do I see anything about an innkeeper. Nowhere. I certainly don't see that he was a bad guy. Well, get on out of here, you know. Do you? Uh, I don't see in here where the cattle were lowing. Amen. I don't see where they laid him in a bed of straw. Um, I don't see where the sheep were gathered around him. Birds were up on the rafters. Tweet, 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 tweet. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Bear in mind. But the Bible doesn't say that it did happen, does it? Hmm? 
And this is just one little line. I mean, if, if you read through your Bible and look at stuff, the things that man has imagined, and there's nothing wrong with that. God gave us an imagination, and he wants us to think, and he wants us to, to imagine, if you will, these things and how they might have been. And, and this was long ago. But, but I shared with Jeremy, and I think Jeremy agrees, I believe. You know, the innkeeper, innkeeper might have been a pretty good old boy. I really believe that. I just think Jerusalem was busy, man. It was bustling. Everybody was there to pay their taxes, had to. And the old innkeeper, just a good businessman, and his, his inn was full. Why? Because he was a good businessman. He was doing a good business. And, and then all of a sudden, this couple walks up, and she's pregnant. It's pretty obvious. And she's young. Now, where would that go? Hmm? Here, today. Huh? He didn't know who they were. He had no idea that was Joseph. He didn't know that her name was Mary. He did not know that the baby that she was carrying in her tummy was the Savior of the world. He didn't know that. We've got the book, remember? We know that. He did not know that. It was just a little pregnant peasant girl. Hmm? Come on. You know it's right. And, 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 and I believe he felt bad for her. I really do. And he said, man, man, my end's full. I mean, I just, I'm booked up. I ain't got no word. And as they turned to walk off, I believe he thought and said, well, if he's there, that is. You know, I do have a stable in the back. It ain't a whole lot. But he'll keep you in out of the weather anyway. Hmm? Maybe, I don't know. But, but man has written so much into the Bible that really is not in the Bible through imaginations and, and through thinking. And, and I think we lose track sometimes and we get, we get to thinking about what I feel like it was like instead of really looking at what Jesus says it truly was like. The things that I tell you in darkness that speak you in the light. Uh, you ever lay down in your bed at night and, and maybe you've been trying to think of a name all day. Somebody say, you know, old such and such. Oh, man, what was that name again? And then you lay down on your bed at night. Nobody else ain't done that. I can see from the faces out here. Nobody else but me. But you lay down on your bed at night and you go, oh, man. Huh? We've all done that. Sure we have. But a lot of times you lay down on your bed and the Lord will commune with you. If you listen to him, huh? Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. That that I speak to you in the darkness. Hey, take it out the next day and preach it to people. He don't say go out and save people. That's not our job. We can't do that. He says go out and tell people. Show people. Be a light unto people. Amen? Uh, be a guiding light. Direct them. Show them the right way. Be kind to people, Chad. Huh? Love who? Just the ones that are right around you? 
Love everybody. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, who is my neighbor? Everybody here. Everybody, anywhere I run into. You run into people at Lowe's that smile, and it helps me. Uh, you run into people at Walmart, if you ever go there, that smile, and it helps, don't it? Do you not agree that it helps when you see people coming towards you and they're smiling at you? And they act like something's going good, you know? Uh, maybe they're in the same situation like Joseph and Mary were that night long ago. When they got into town, there wasn't no room. Hmm? Uh, we don't know what people are going through. There's some people in this church right now going through some stuff. I mean some stuff. There's people in this church who have been through stuff. I don't know how they did it, but by God's grace. And, and if he tarries his coming, uh, we're going to go through more stuff. Uh, we all will. Amen. We'll go through times of grief and we'll go through times of hurting. But God, but God, but God loves us. And he wants what's best for us. And during those times of valleys and those times of trials and tribulations, he's molding us and he's making us better people, Jeremy. He's making us the kind of people that he can Set on the shelf. Chad did a Sunday school lesson years ago. I'll never forget it as long as I live. He talked about being a countertop appliance. Amen. Right? The ones that Mama reached out to use the most, not the ones that are tucked back in the cabinet down there and never see the light of day, but the ones on the countertop that Mama always used in preparation of the meal. That's what we want to be is a countertop type appliance. Amen. For Jesus. Amen? Right? Don't you want to be used? Don't you want to be motivated to help people around you? Uh, let, let love motivate you. Let, let all kind of stuff motivate you, you know? I had some notes. I ain't even looked at them yet. But <clears throat> don't worry. That don't mean nothing. It's <laughs> a motivator. I looked it up. A motivator is a factor or a situation that causes people to be motivated to do something. It's an incentive. It's an incentive. Do you have incentive for Jesus? A person that motivates or one who impels someone or something or a person who motivates others. Some of you guys are great motivators, man. You can you could make me go out there and dig a hole in the backyard, Jeremy. Just motivation. Uh, but that's what we're to do with one another is try to motivate each other and help each other. Man, life gets tough, don't it? Life gets tough. So we need to be there for one another. Pray for each other, man. When we when we say, I'll be praying for you, and you're thinking sometimes. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. We need to really pray. Amen? I'm guilty. I, just, I, I am. I'm guilty. But when we say, I'm going to pray for you, T.R., I better pray for you. I'll be held responsible for that one day. If I don't, 
you know. Uh, he's, he's talking a lot about in that scripture that we read, there ain't nothing hid that ain't going to be seen. Ooh, that's a scary thought now, ain't it? This is the God of the universe, though. And he sees the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he's taking notes. Uh, now, of course, we can't even imagine anything about it, but, but I've always thought about it as a little boy, God in heaven, right beside my boy. He was not very good today. Motivate one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Lift each other up. Amen? Uh, when you lay down on your bed tonight, and the Lord says, hey, listen to what he has to say. Uh, i got two more little spots, if I can find them here, that I want to read for you. And you can turn to if you'd like. Uh, talking about listening. Mark, I think it is. Let's see if I get this right. Book of Mark. They're all in the Gospels, so you don't have to turn too far. Mark chapter 4 and verse 22. Like I say, bear with me. I got a new Bible and a page is stick. Mark chapter 4. Boy, this stick bad. I may have to borrow somebody else's Bible. Mark chapter 4, verse 22, the Bible says this. Again, written in red, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret but that it should come abroad. Now listen. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now look at this next line. Really interesting. Verse 24. And he, being Jesus, he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. Be careful what you listen to. Take heed what you hear. Now flip over to the book of Luke. Let me get there and make sure I got it right before I tell you. Luke chapter number 8 and verse 16. Luke, Gospel of Luke chapter number 8, verse 16. Again, it's written in red, so we know what that means, don't we? Jesus spoke it. He says this, No man, when he hath lighted the candle, covereth it with a vessel, or put it, putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret, that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Watch what ye hear. He tells us way back there, all over Scripture, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He told us in Mark, be careful what you hear. He tells us in Luke, be careful how you hear. You see, sometimes when we're doing that thing about 
eh, halfway paying attention, halfway not. We hear stuff that really ain't there. You ever done that? It gets you in trouble, can't it? Be careful how you hear. Be careful what you hear. But anywhere you go, share the love of Jesus. Amen? God is good. And, and it's, it's good to have... Take heed how you hear this now. It's good to have the joy of Jesus. Even when we go through those valleys, the old devil can't rob us of our joy of Jesus, can he? It's still there. Ain't that good? Amen? I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. appreciate the smiles. Go out tomorrow and encourage somebody. I'm, I'm trying to motivate you to... Smile at somebody. It don't take a whole lot. It really ain't that hard to do. I promise you. It won't break. Smile at people. Encourage people. Just give them a kind word. Say, man, it's a pretty day, ain't it? My daddy, he used to say, you know how you bring up the Lord? He'd say, boy, the Lord sure has made a pretty day today, ain't he? And that's how he would start his conversation. You can always bring up God because he is in everything. If you look at death up on the mountaintop, down in the valley, if you look around and see his handiwork, man, it's easy to get motivated to try to serve him. Amen? Anybody with a thought.